You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 3030. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our lovely reviewer of the week, Wendy Breakstone, and she says... I really love this podcast. It doesn't feel like a traditional marketing podcast. Thank goodness. Julie is well-connected and between her own expertise in branding and PR, combined with the interesting influencer guests she has on the show, I found some really great info that I can highly use every day in my business, and I don't think I can find it anywhere else. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for the review, and I'm so glad that you're getting so much from this podcast. So now we are on to you, ladies. I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, give us a review, because I want to highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Also, make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story, at Jules Solomon, hashtag the Influencer Podcast, to let me know that you are joining in today. As you know, I love to share those screenshots on my story, too. Last week, the Skinny Confidential's Lauren Everts shared her secrets to turning a blog into a successful multi-service brand, and today, Samantha Gutstad is driving into the importance of creating and sharing your story and how you can use your story to grow a loyal community. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Super excited, as always, to have one of my dear friends and fellow amazing influencer on the podcast today. We are talking with the lovely and talented and amazing Samantha Gutstad. Samantha is so many different things um, when it comes to a multi-hafenate creator and multi-hafenate entrepreneur. She definitely hits the mark with that, for sure. Samantha is an actress a content creator, and a writer. She currently works with Nylon Magazine, creating really unique content for them, and she contributes to Bottle and Hills, which is another favorite blog of ours, Your Zen Mama blog, Motherly blog, and she just launched her own blog, Sam So Much, this year. She was nominated last year for Best Actress in a Comedy Performance for a show that she appeared on, Dogs and Me, and currently appears on Almost Perfect Life Hacks on the Awestruck Network. Samantha just appeared on stage in the Expressing Motherhood show, performing a piece that she also wrote. And she definitely loves to nerd out on all the tech stuff and loves to continue learning how to tech and as well with the digital space to overlap and kind of infuse her mompreneur world. She also loves all things fashion, beauty, and fitness. And she just performed on the UCB stage in Los Angeles because, of course, she's absolutely hilarious and loves all things comedy, and she just sold a show. So when it comes to pulling so many different layers of who you are as a brand and who you are as an online entrepreneur and using them to grow your influence, this girl knows all about it. So I cannot wait to talk to her today. Hello, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. Um, It's my favorite podcast. I listen to it when I'm in the car. (laughs) So I'm so excited to be a guest today. I am too. And I'm so excited for you specifically because I think that you bring such a unique um, approach to 
influence into influencer marketing in a way that we haven't yet really talked about or heard a lot about on this show. So I think that for all of the bloggers and influencers and entrepreneurs out there to kind of hear from someone who has really inundated the creative space is going to be really unique. And the fact that you do have you know, such credibility as an actor, but also a credibility as a writer and doing so much kind of on the publishing side with Nylon is truly unique. So I want to just go ahead and dive on in. If you want to kind of just share a little, you know, Cliff Notes version, if you will, of how you kind of started and, and what really impassioned you to kind of fuse all of it together into the influencer space that you're in now. Of course. And yes, like you said, I, when people ask me what I do, I always preface it and be like, I'm definitely a multi-hyphenate these days. Um, but to go way back in time, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, when I came home at five years old, my parents are um, a lawyer and a teacher. And out of nowhere, I was like, I want to do acting. And <laughs> my mom didn't know what to do with that. Um, but I think from a young age, I loved dance and acting. And I used to also author books, which was ridiculous. Cause I was like eight years old when I started doing that, but I loved reading and I decided to like write mini novels and like put a picture of myself at the back notes from the author. And my family thought it was hilarious. So sort of starting from those early roots, I took, um, I, my mom enrolled me at second city. They had a children's improv class and that was such a great start because um, I learned a lot about myself as a performer and sort of how to create. And I worked as an actor um, all through my teenage years, even those super awkward years when I had braces, which was so much fun. Um, and I worked as a model as well. And I decided to go to film school where I feel like I really um, learned a lot about the production side of things. And then I interned at Much Music, which is like Canada's MTV, I like to say. Oh, nice. <laughs> where, yeah, I worked as an intern. I got to work in the news department. I worked in the events department. Um, I worked on the desk, you know, fielding phone calls. And I sort of landed at Bravo News where I was learning how to edit um, how little productions get made. And it was so great. And it, that was all during film school, which was amazing. Um, and all through this time I was still acting. I was on a couple different TV shows and doing commercials. Um, and you know, writing, but not professionally yet. I was sort of writing for myself. Um, I kept a journal and I would write ideas and, um, when I graduated film school, one of my films got into a festival in Los Angeles. That was my first time ever coming out here. Wow. And yeah. And I sort of got the bug and I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I see myself. I was only 20. Um, and I went down with my partner who I made the film with. And I, I remember we got some press back in Toronto and I, I, I was quoted in that article saying, I'm going to pack up my stuff and moved to Los Angeles. And of course I met my now husband like six months later. So that didn't happen right away. <laughs> but, um, I also created at that same time, a film for Bravo. It was a short film that I co-wrote and I produced and it aired on Bravo. So it was also a really great experience of, um, it was a 10 minute film and I was all a part of the casting and down to every little bit. And it was for me, my first really professional thing that I did because we got funding from Bravo. Mm. So that was really great. And yeah. then sort of that 
led to my journey to Los Angeles. And when I first got here, um, I'm sure a lot of people who arrive, you know, in the film industry can attest to it being really difficult. I arrived and I think I was like, Hey, Los Angeles, I'm here. (laughs) And (laughs) I was a working actor in Toronto and I arrived here and I had to kind of start over in a way. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I booked five movies within the first year and a half at small parts. And then I booked my first lead in a movie called shark city, which had, um, it was Corey Haynes last film and Vivica mm. Fox was in it. So that was a really great experience. And, um, shortly after that, I, um, became pregnant with my first son Ryder And that really, for me, changed my trajectory and my focus. And um, around this time is when the digital space was really heating up. Um, Nobody really knew what direction it was going to go in. Uh, You know, the Amazons and Netflix and on all the digital platforms hadn't come up yet. And I was um, starting to go out for stuff like Pop Sugar, Tennis Channel, um, for digital shows where I could host them. And I really became interested in that space. And I started to really want to hone in on that space and learn and educate about it. And, um, I started creating content for the digital space around that time. And then after I had Asher, my second son, I saw an opportunity for exactly what I was doing, which was writing content, creating on camera And that was for Nylon Magazine. They were looking for someone on the West Coast uh, to create content. And uh, when my son was six weeks old, I took that job, which was amazing. I've been there now for three years. And that has sort of led to a few other opportunities, like creating content for beauty brands, Sephora.com. Um, I've been writing now professionally for a few different outlets, um, and I launched my own blog and I just found out this week that I am going to be moderating the simply fashion Island, um, which is coming up very soon. And I also just sold two episodes of a scripted mom comedy. So I'm really excited about that. I am too. Um, cause you're, Thank you. you're so, you're so good at, obviously so much because you just described so much, but really <laughs> what I think is unique about your approach to your brand and to how you create your brand. And Gary Vaynerchuk always says this, and I hope that the people that are listening right now really listen to this next thing that we're going to dive into, because I think that Gary V always says like, it's, it's always overlooked. I would agree with it, but it's something that my husband, who's an actor always talks about. And I know that probably since you're an actor and you come from that background, it's probably something that really matters to you. And it's probably really has helped you shine in terms of evolving your influence and brand into so many different, really unique subsets, but it's about creating the story. And I would Mm -hmm. love to hear from you just, you're a storyteller, you're an actor, you're a creative, you're a writer. How important is creating the story to the growth of a brand and to the growth of an influencer? Oh my gosh. I was actually just at a workshop yesterday (laughs) and that's a large part of what, um, they were talking about. I think it is so integral 
to a brand, to a business, to an individual as an influencer to create a story. Cause I really think it helps people understand what your brand is. Mm. I think it's, it's so important. It's, it's gives people a really clear idea of if you're, if it's just, um, if you're an influencer, uh, you know, yourself, or if you're have a business, I think it gives people a really clear picture of who you are and what kind of content they're going to be seeing and what your copy is going to look like, what you're going to be talking about. Um, so I think the story is like the, one of the first steps in creating a brand. Absolutely. And I feel like there's so many to me, and you may have examples as well, but certain influencers that come to mind to me when I think about the ones that really create an amazing story. One of them is a girl named Desi Perkins, who is a YouTuber predominantly. Um, she does Mm -hmm. a lot of those makeup tutorials. Um, but the story that she has been able to create through her creativity and through her craft has now enabled her to kind of build upon so many different things. You could even look at someone like an Ami Song or a Sincerely Jules that have really taken certain elements of travel and um, style that are an intricate part of their brand and really been able to create the story. And I feel like it's so important for influencers and or brands that may be listening to remember the importance of creating the story and to really kind of ask the questions that they need to ask themselves in order to create a story. And so as a writer, would you have any tips or tricks that you could share to someone who may be saying like, I'm trying to create my story. I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. I don't really know exactly how to do this. I may be having a little bit of like writer's block. How, how can I, what kind of questions should I be asking myself in order to really make sure that I'm creating a story? I mean, that's such a great question. I actually asked myself those questions when I was, um, launching my social cause I, my Instagram was on private <laughs> for a long time. And I realized how important it was, um, to have, so, to have social as, you know, an actor and writer and all the things I was doing. And so I did that at the same time that I was on, I started that Austrian show, almost perfect life hacks. And so the question I asked myself was, how do I see myself? And I jotted down notes. So I, I made sort of headers on a, on a page on my computer. How do I see myself? How do I authentically want others to see me and my brand? And I wrote down keywords could be a color. It could be brands. I love, um, other bloggers I follow, um, other influencers. And then I, I wrote down like, what are the things I want to communicate? what are my verticals? Um, I knew I wanted to talk about beauty and fashion and style and motherhood. And I wanted it all to be with a sense of humor. So I sort of jotted down all these keywords, almost like the brainstorm that you would, you know, back in elementary school, I remember there was like this brainstorm where you have a middle bubble Mm -hmm. and then you sort of have these branches and it's, it's a nice visual way to do it. And I do that when I write as well. So you start with this main idea and, um, say, so say like, uh, just this broad idea. And then you get really specific with all these different parts of that idea. And then you can go from those specifics and get even more specific. And I think you can go back and look at that 
whether you jot it down on a piece of paper and you can look at that and have a really clear picture of your story and your brand and you go from there. And I I really think that having those words in that visual can really help. Mm, That's such a great takeaway. It's kind of like working backwards in a way. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like that big bubble is, is I guess would be like the end, the end goal or the end result. And then here are all the things that are going to kind of help you get there or kind of what you need in order to solidify that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, it, and, and then it kind of adds those, those elements and those moments needed to really create the story within that goal. So I love that. I think that's such a great takeaway. Yeah. Um, and speaking of goals and speaking of creating <laughs> stories, you have evolved so much kind of under the, um, you know, under your, your bubble, so to speak, um, and under yeah. your um, umbrella of what you do as a brand. I mean, you're a content creator, you're a storyteller, you freelance for, you know, Nylon and Sephora and so many different brands. You're a host. Um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you just sold a comedy. Um, you're also going to be, you know, speaking at, you speak at conferences and events. And so I think a lot of times people, they, you know, yes, it's important to focus down. I always talk about that. Um, as of, of course, I know that that's important to you as well, but I think a lot of times people may misconstrue the idea of focusing down as like, I can only do one thing. So I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit about how, even if you have one bubble, like you were just saying, you know, one goal, one story, one brand, how can you evolve that into different things that are only going to help build your influence and your brand to a greater scale? You know, I get asked this a lot lately, and I think that this industry is changing so quickly, the social space and the influencer space, um, that I think being a multi-hyphenate these days is way more acceptable than it was, you know, a couple years ago. And I think people wanted to put you more in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, I would introduce myself as an actor, but in my head, I'm like, Oh, but I also like to create and to write and <laughs> I'm doing all the other things, but I feel like I can't talk about that because all of a sudden if it, it confuses it. And it, again, like you said, takes the focus away. But I think in the last couple years, people are more open to creatives having more than one area that they're working in. Um, a really great example I love to give is uh, for Nylon Magazine, I shot with Zoe Lister-Jones, who is an amazing actress. She's also a director and a producer and a writer and a musician. <laughs> and she made a movie called Band-Aid. And um, I was you know, chatting with her about it. And she's like, I'm a multi-hyphenate and I'm not apologizing for it. Like I do all these things and I love doing all, all these things. And this is what makes me creative. And, you know, no matter what your brand is, I mean, say you're a restaurant, you might also, so you might feature your food on your Instagram, but you also might feature the design and uh, of your restaurant. Say that's an important feature, or maybe you're a farm table restaurant. So the sourcing of your ingredients is important. So maybe, um, maybe there's a garden that you have that you, you know, so I feel like there's so many aspects to what you do, whether it's a business or an individual that, um, to narrow yourself into a box, I think is sort of an old school way of thinking that no matter what you do, you can do a lot of different things and those can all work together to help move you forward and build your brand. I would agree. And I think that that's such a great reminder to people that are kind of maybe 
scared of saying, well, am I going to be seen as a blogger if I don't, you know, if I say that I'm all these other things or if, are people going to take me seriously if I say this instead of, you know, really wanting to share X, Y, and Z. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's such a great reminder to those who get stuck in that, because I think that that's such an easy thing that we can kind of find ourselves, you know, just kind of, uh, it's like the quicksand, you know, it's like, we can't kind of get out of that one step to kind of make it to the next step. And, Um, you know, I have to say all those things for me in the last year have really come together and helped each other. I don't think I would have gotten this opportunity to create uh, this new show that I'm going to be shooting had it not been for my blog and for the writing that I'm doing and putting myself out there because, Mm. you know, it's like all my world sort of came together to make this opportunity happen. And I think the same goes for moderating the simply event coming up that came from nylon, but also putting myself out there as someone that loves to host and likes to moderate. So I think a lot of these roads are converging Absolutely. And remembering, I love what you said said about putting yourself out there. If people don't know that you're passionate about something or that you're interested about something or that you can do something, then you can't expect them to offer it to you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's such an important reminder to, to kind of show up and say, yeah, like I'm, I'm a blogger and I'm you know, a marketer or I'm an actor, but I'm also X, Y, and Z, or I'm also a speaker, or I'm also, you know, a mom, you know, like mm-hmm. and what can kind of parlay into that? I think that that's such a fantastic, um, fantastic reminder. Um, My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This Is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. Just a quick little uh, just note here. You appeared on the cover of over 50 <laughs> Harlequin books. Are those like those romance novels? They are those romance novels. I love that. So, yeah, it's like the funniest when I tell people. It feels like a lifetime ago, but in Toronto, I guess they're one of the biggest markets for Harlequin. Yeah. And I they were a client and I think I shot twice a week pretty regularly for a long time, which equals 50 book covers or more. And the best part is there was this um, model, Roger, he's also an actor and speak about multi-hyphenate. He's actually hosting a huge, um, like home and garden show now in Canada. He's become quite famous, but at the time he was a model and he was like my Harlequin husband (laughs) because on those 50 covers, I think he's on like 
40 of them with me. And right. I wonder if anyone was like those two again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. those two. I know. I just, I had to like, that's just amazing. It's not every day that you get to hear that you're like, yeah, I'm the girl on the cover of all the romance novels. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I used to, they're now in a box in my garage, but in my old place, I had a couple of them on our bookshelf. And I remember my son picking it up and holding it up. He had just started speaking and he was like, mama. Oh, <laughs> Yep. And kind of perplexed at the same time. You should you should take those out like for dinner parties and stuff and just kind of like pepper them throughout the house and see if anyone notices. Oh my goodness. The titles are the best. They're like my other wives, boss's <laughs> girlfriend. Like they're like really, really right. <laughs> intricate. And um, those things sell like hotcakes. It's so funny. Oh yes, um, that genre is great. <laughs> oh yes. Um okay. Speaking of going back to brands a little bit, um mm-hmm. you've worked with like we mentioned, Nylon, Ostrock, Mom.me, Bravo, Toyota, DSW, Comcast, etc. You're also an actor. So when it comes to failure, you may know a thing or two about what yeah. that feels like. Um, yeah. I would love if you could share with us moments that you have failed or moments that you have wanted to work with a brand or even just land a role and it just hasn't worked out and what you learned from those failures and how that, how those failures really helped propel you to where you really wanted to go. Oh my goodness. I have, um, I mean, I think I have endless stories like that as many of us do, um, getting started in this business and it continues, you know, as an influencer and blogger and working with brands, there might be a brand you're like dying to work with and maybe you're not a fit right now, but that doesn't mean that's a no forever. You might be a fit in a few months, who knows? Um, and I'm going to start with a quote that has always resonated with me and then I'll share my story. But I once heard someone say, thank you to everyone that ever said no to me because it just made me work harder. And that couldn't be more true for me. I've always been that person that um, has been driven by a no. So I'd get a no and I'm like, how do I turn that into a yes? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and a great example is um, to give a bit of background uh, in another lifetime. Again, I was a tennis player in uh, Canada. So tennis, in addition to all the other things, has always been a big part of my life. Um, and my dream job when I first got to Los Angeles was to host a travel show on the tennis channel They had a show called destination tennis and it was hosted and it, you would literally go around the world, eat the food, hang out at all the hangouts and play tennis. Oh, that's like your dream. Yeah. It was my dream. I saw the show and I was like, I should be hosting this. I love this. There was a wonderful host hosting it. So I was like, I hope she gets ESPN and then I can come and do this. (laughs) Right. So I was wishing her good things next. And I was like, and then I can go and take this show. Right. So I sort of manifested that I, you know, got to know some people at tennis channel in a very authentic way because we all love tennis. And I met a producer there who's wonderful. And I tried to stay on his radar and, um, I got a lot of no's because they were like, you know, you need to have more experience. We want to see some more hosting experience. Um, I got called in for a few different auditions and I, you know, I didn't get them. And of course it's a huge disappointment because I really wanted it so badly. And, um, right after my first son was born a few months after that, I got that email and it was like, can you send us a video of you playing tennis and your hosting reel? So of course, like 
five minutes later, I have it all. <laughs> and I send it in and I was really excited and eager. And a few months went by and I was disappointed. I didn't hear back. And I got an email and they were like, they'd love to see you come on in. Um, so at this point I had found out I was pregnant with my second son, mm. but it was early. It was like seven weeks, the point where you're not telling anybody, right. I'm not even sure if I'm, you know, if things are going to be okay. Right. So, right. So I went into the audition. Um, I had to play tennis, which I was really rusty and out of breath because I was really early pregnant. And I did like a, a little hosting audition as well. It went great. Um, a few months went by again. This was a really slow process. And at this point, I'm like legit pregnant. And I got called in and they're like, it's between you and another girl. And I'm like, it's my dream job. And I'm so blessed right now that this is all happening with my pregnancy too. But right. the timing, you know, um, needless to say, I, I ended up getting the job, but I couldn't do it. So it was one of those, I had had all these no's and then I got the yes and the timing was wrong. So I was really disappointed for a long time um, about that opportunity and, uh, but it, again, it's, I'm still in touch with them and who knows, I, I've also changed my trajectory, but that whole process taught me a lot about gratitude and being grateful for what I did have going on, which was, you know, growing my second child Yes. <laughs> and, um, and sort of how you can't time things, you know, you could get your dream uh, brand that wants to work with you, but you could be working with another brand and have an exclusive with them. And you just have to sort of roll with it. And, you know, maybe that opportunity will come around another time. Um, and I would say the only other, uh, you know, thing I can compare to, to that I can talk about would be, I was auditioning for a movie and I got really far in the process and in my head, I was already shooting the movie. <laughs> I was on location. I knew who else was cast in it. Right. And, you know, at the last minute, I didn't get it. And they, it was based on look. They were matching me with the look of the lead guy who was already cast. Right. And they went with someone totally different. And I can compare that now again to if you're an influencer working with brands and, you, you know, you're getting pitched for something. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it has nothing to do with your ability or your um, you know, how many followers you have it, literally, they could just be looking for something totally different and right. they really liked you. Right. And right. I think my biggest piece of advice that I've learned from the thousands of no's I've gotten in my career is that you can never take it personally because it's a business. And I've had to remind myself, it's like a, a mantra that I've had to say, you know, it's not personal, it's business. And, I can find a way to turn this no into a yes and I can find and learn the lesson in this and this will make me stronger and around the corner is another opportunity that I can create. So I really am grateful for all the no's I've gotten in my career because there have been a lot. <laughs> yes. And I think that's, it's really perspective at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, I think a lot of that can be said as well because Sometimes I, especially entrepreneurs, um, you'll hear them kind of, uh, 
you know, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like they'll bash like kind of not where they came from, but like if they came from this corporate environment, they'll always be like, oh, I'm so anti-corporate and now I'm this solopreneur and I get to, you know, I'm my own creative and this is what I've meant to do. But, you know, I came... I came from an agency world, a corporate world, and I actually worked for the government. I worked for the film commission for a little while. Oh, wow. And I kind of worked for every sector that you can. And the way that I look at it is like, I wouldn't be the creative that I am today if it wasn't for that time that I got in those spaces and what I learned from corporate and the failures that I may have had and, you know, how miserable in that moment it might have made me feel. I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So I think that it's always so important to remember that every, every failure, every opportunity, every job, every situation is really an invitation for you to kind of see it as what can I learn from this? How can I grow? And how can I use this to get me to the next space, whether or not I'm getting what I want in the moment? I love that. I mean, even just speaking, you know, about your experience, like what makes you so special is all the things that you've done leading up to this, right? Like all your background specialty is what, and I think you know, as an influencer and a blogger, you're someone that's starting out and starting, say you want to like, you know, start blogging and start an Instagram page. Say you were in a corporate job, that whole skill set that you have from wherever you came from is only going to benefit you. And if you were in house somewhere, like all of that is what's going to make you unique because it is a a saturated space. And I'm always like, what is going to make someone stand out and Mm -hmm. make you unique and give you a unique voice? And you know, what, what do you offer? Exactly. And thank you for saying that. And I'll, and I throw it back to you because, and, and really to anyone that's listening today, like if you're in a job that you hate, or if you keep getting told no, or if you feel like you're just in this cycle of failure, see that as, as the invitation just to kind of like be in that space, find the gratitude. If it's a job that you hate, at least you're getting paid. If it's mm-hmm. an opportunity that, that they passed, at least you got the opportunity. You know, my husband always says, the role that you're auditioning for is never the role that you're auditioning for. So it's like right. to use those opportunities as a way to network, to meet, to figure out who you are and what you bring to the table. And then you're going to have all of that good stuff to then apply to the next step. Oh yeah. Even most recently I've been you know, the thing I'm really trying to start to do now is to pitch these like scripted ideas and create scripted branded content or just scripted, you know, comedy content. And in the last couple months, I've been in so many pitch meetings. And of course we've gotten the, like, we really like the idea, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but how many of those meetings have helped me hone a, my pitch, um, you know, really get my brand down and figure out how to convey that and communicate. And then all of that came together for this last pitch, which we got a yes. And, you know, how many months was I coming home and being like, Oh, they didn't like my idea. And they said no. (laughs) And I finally got the yes. And I really attribute that to like really learning a lot in the room on these multiple pitches I've been on. Um, so that's sort of how I frame it in my head. Mm, and how, like, how good does that yes feel? You know, you don't even remember the no's at that point. Cause that oh one yes, just 
you know, it's kind of like it was worth eating that like crap sandwich that you had to eat every single time that you got the yeah. no. Like, oh, now I get the, you know, the really delicious sandwich with like extra avocado in it. You know, it's just, yes. it's that, it's that much better. Um, okay. I want to switch gears a little bit to talk about audiences. And, yes. you know, we've talked a lot about knowing your audience on this podcast. I want to talk to you specifically about how you speak to different audiences. So, you know, what I find to be really interesting about you and your brand is that how you're able to kind of fuse and merge all these different things together. At the same time, you know, you may be talking to two different people or to mm-hmm. three different audiences, depending on who your audience is at that time. So, you know, if you kind of exist in these multi-layered worlds, so to speak, how do you find a way to speak to different audiences while still being true to that core brand and that, and that core, um, and, and that core audience, so to speak, even if it's different audiences, if that makes sense. It does. And I think that's a great question. You know, I think, my Instagram page is a good example of that because I, you know, I feel like I exist at least in these two very different worlds where the nylon world, I'm creating content for the millennial girl. Um, she's not necessarily a mom. She's not consuming mom content, but she loves fashion. She loves music. She loves beauty. Um, and she's millennial. And then I also write, you know, for the mom community, um, the mom who loves style, fashion, beauty, but also life hacks and, you know, time saving things and parenting topics. And I really try to fuse those all together on my blog and on my Instagram. Um, I think that the first thing is you have to always stay true to your brand and yourself because, Um, if you start looking at what other people are doing and try to copy something that's successful for something else, it's not going to be authentic to who you are. And I think your message and your brand is going to kind of get diluted. So I, it's hard to kind of sometimes stay in my lane and not look to other, cause I follow a lot of amazing, you know, influencers and bloggers and I love what they're doing. But then I go back to my brand and ask myself, who am I, what am I trying to convey? So that's, first tip I have is go and enjoy and look at other people's feeds and get inspired and read other people's blogs and be inspired from that. But come back to yourself and realize that it's okay to be individual and, you know, do you, and you don't necessarily, you can take pieces of what you think are inspiring and what's working for other people, but, um, not changing just to fit in and, and sort of be like someone else that, you really admire. Um, but to speak to different audiences, I really try to be inclusive. So I know for my Instagram, personally, I try to change my content. So one day I'll have a picture of my son, but I'll also still talk about like what he's wearing. Um, and another time I'll just have me in my favorite new fall outfit and talk about fashion, but then maybe I'll also mention how it's super comfortable as a mom too. Mm, Yep. So I I merge it all together. Um, you know, at least I try, I try to, in each post include all the people who I know are coming to my page and same with blog posts. Um, so that someone who is just the, the millennial nylon girl could enjoy it, but also, um, my community of, of moms that I know are in my Instagram community and, and follow the blog. See, and I think that that's a perfect, 
that's a perfect example of how you can fuse those two things together. Because I think a lot of people get confused by, well, you know, what if I do have different audiences or what if I have like, you know, a couple of different brands or, you know, how do I, how do I make that work? And I think that that's, that's such a great, um, a great takeaway for everyone, for everyone listening. Um, I love that. And I think you do a great job. And really what I heard you also saying is like the power and the importance of testing different things out. You kind of have to test it out to see what's going to work for your audience and for your brand. So I think that that's really important too. Oh yeah. I learn like the best, you know, that's how I learn. I tried a few things out and I see what, you know, what really resonates with my community. And those are the things I keep putting out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to switch over to challenges uh, for a moment. I had Mm -hmm. asked you before we got on this podcast, um, what is a challenge that you have faced as an influencer that you kind of see the influencer industry or kind of you within this industry facing and that you talked about, and I loved what you said because no one said this yet. You said that, um, that your number one challenge is kind of figuring out where to go next. You know, Mm -hmm. you're ambitious, you're goal oriented, you're focused, um, you know, you want to take the movement. So it's not, that's not the problem. Um, but when it comes to your growth and when it comes to just the awareness and the reach, it's not always as linear as you would like it to be. And it can be really tough. And so that can be a challenge. I would love for you to kind of speak on this a little bit more. You know, what do you mean by that? And how are you going to try to overcome that? So, yeah, I mean, definitely for me, uh, I, what, you know, the biggest challenge is how do I continue to grow in an organic and authentic way, which is what I really want to do. And, you know, everyone (laughs) cue the eye roll, you know, the algorithm of Instagram and sort of the changing landscape of all social right now. Um, it's hard for new people, I think, to sometimes come and find you and come upon your page. And it is more saturated than it was, you know, a year or two years ago, three years ago. So the things that I'm trying to do are explore how is video, you know, changing that? How is live video changing that? So I've actually started, um, for my Facebook doing a live video. I'm trying to do it weekly and I'm trying to do it at the same time. So I'm testing out different things to see how I can reach new people and continue to build. So, um, and I I think collaboration is also a big thing that's in my head. Um, yes, I'm going to talk to you about that in just a minute too. So I won't speak to it too much right now, but I, for all my Instagram lives, I always have a guest. So we're bringing together now two audiences, two communities. So it's benefiting them. It's benefiting me. And we're hoping that it benefits everyone watching because they're going to learn something and we're bringing together two minds, which I think is always better than one. And so that's one area on Instagram. I am trying to use hashtags in a new way. I'm trying to, if I'm using a new hashtag, maybe explore and see who else is using that hashtag and follow them or like comment on their page and sort of reach out of the community that I'm already in and try to meet new people on mm. there. Yeah, smart. So that, yeah, that's sort of another way um, I'm sort of trying to, to grow. And I, I try to really spend time because I think that's something that none of us have enough of. <laughs> but I'm yes. trying to find pockets in the day. Um, advice I've heard, you know, on your podcast and, I, you know, I go to um, 
sometimes little conferences to learn more about this space because I do love nerding out to all things tech. So a big piece of advice is spend an hour on, on your social, whether it's, you know, whether your interest is your main focus or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. For me, it's Facebook and Instagram are very um, important for me. So I'm trying to just spend more time and explore and not just explore everyone on my feed and stories, but sort of go out into the universe of Instagram again for the hashtags and uh, the geo tags and, um, you know, kind of get out there a bit and put myself out there a little more. Yeah. And I think that all of those examples are so great and they're just, they're good reminders because I think it's as simple as like, yeah, turn on the geo tag, see who else is being in that area. It's things that I think we just, we can get so inundated in some more of the big picture. Like how can I make the bigger impact that sometimes the smallest little tweaks of just like spend 15 extra minutes engaging with people, turn on the geo tag, you test out different hashtags, see who Mm -hmm. else, you know, see what, you know, you're, it's not even the hashtags that you want to use as much as it's like, figure out who you're trying to engage with and see what hashtags they use. So, you know, it's kind of doing a lot of those different things that I think are fantastic reminders. And I think is that is the difference between authentically growing and not authentically growing is really just the patience and really trying to test different things out. Um, So I love that you do that. Yeah. And another great tip I just heard is... um, with Insta stories, it's a call to action. That's, I'm always trying to think in my head, how can I do a call to action? Whether it's on a post, Hey guys, share with me your stories. I think that's so inclusive and it makes people want to share because people like to share their stories. Absolutely. Or, um, I heard screenshotting in Insta stories, screenshot your Insta story. If you give them a reason to, um, that's also a great tip. So I'm trying to think of creative and authentic ways to do that. Maybe it's if I'm featuring someone with a recipe or, um, steps to glowing skin or whatever it is, maybe I'm doing that in an Insta story now and screenshot it or or whatever it is. There's creative ways, I think, to sort of, I hate to say, you know, beat the algorithm, but to to have new people find you. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that I've even done with this podcast that I've started to ask people because I started to notice that people were just doing this and it, mm-hmm. it allowed me, people were starting to screenshot either the episode that they were listening to or like their favorite episode. And then they would yeah. tag me. So I would see it and it, it allowed me to get to know the community of listeners on the influencer podcast better over on Instagram. And so of course I would start following them. We would start DMing each other and just getting to know each other a little bit. But now on my stories, I start telling listeners, I'm like, Hey, if you you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to a specific episode, screenshot it, tag me, tag the guest that's on the show, tell us why you're loving it, what's the big takeaway, what you've learned, and then you know, use the hashtag, the influencer podcast. And when you do that, then I get to see it because I, mm-hmm. I get to see the, the hashtag and I get to see the tag. And then I will repost your screenshot and I'll give you kind of the shout out. And so that way, 
the community of listeners can start to get to know each other and my audience can start learning more about the people who are supporting the podcast. So I brilliant. I love doing that. And I think that Instagram stories were just at the tip of the iceberg of, of how we're going to be able to really utilize them, not only as influencers, but I think from, from a brand level too, I think that brands are really going to, going to start seeing some fantastic conversions and really the more creative and unique that influencers can come up with to use Instagram as a way to, you know, whether it's growth hacking or conversion or, you know, teasing people to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's going to probably become more preva- prevalent than people's actual feeds. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh my gosh. But I, I think you're right. Someone was saying that, um, yeah. that uh, like this generation now that, that is on Instagram, like the, the younger generation, um, they are too lazy to swipe up and down on their feed. They'd rather look at stories. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's interesting. I, yeah. I even asked, um, I even, t- I did an Instagram story asking people what they found themselves doing more looking at feeds or looking at stories. And like overwhelmingly, like 90% of the people were like, I look at stories more than. Yeah. So and it just keeps going. So like you can start stories and just sit there and it will just keep playing. You don't even have to use your hand. I know. It's fantastic. Um, and the more features that Instagram comes out with, the more fun it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so on to collaboration, because I know that we just kind of talked about it a little bit and I want to dive in. I think I think that that organic, more focused collaborations are something that I hope is going to be a trend in 2018. I, I'm totally mm-hmm. going to try to make fetch happen here and like make this a trend in 2018. <laughs> I want to see more true, intimate, purposeful collaboration. So I'm not talking pods. I'm not talking loop giveaways. If that's something that you do fine, again, that's just part of testing out. But I don't think that those things ever lead to real long-term authentic engagement or really kind of building a community. What Mm -hmm. I think builds a community is getting maybe a small group of really like-minded people together who may, whose audiences may really enjoy the other people and doing something. Um, I'm going to be testing this out soon with a group of other online educators that I just admire. I I sent them a DM and I just said, look, I'm wanting to kind of create my own loop giveaway with you guys, because I, I think you guys are amazing. You inspire me. Um, I'm sure that our communities would actually love, like, I'm sure my audience would love the content that you put out there. They may just not know it exists. So what can we do that's really intentional and really purposeful as a loop to then keep the people on the page after the giveaway is over? That's the biggest kind of fail when it comes to the loop giveaways that I always hear hear from bloggers and influencers. And I've tried it out too, and I'm sure you have too, Sam. Yes. That it's like yeah. you do a big loop giveaway and you amass these, you know, hundreds or thousands of followers, and then, you know, twenty-four to seventy-two hours after the loop is over and the winner's been announced, you lose like over fifty percent way over uh-huh. 50% of them. I mean, you may get to keep 30% of the followers. And even with that said, I don't know how engaged they are. So yeah. what I'm thinking about doing is like, I wonder if you actually got a group of people who kind of, I don't want to say create the same stuff, but it's kind of like their brand. It's like, 
if if you follow one online educator, then you're probably, depending on what, what that online educator does, you may be interested in what I do. If you follow one mom blogger who has a specific aesthetic, who lives in LA, who's kind of like a multi-creative type of person, then you're probably going to like what Sam puts out as well. Yeah. So maybe we should try to collaborate. So I would love to hear kind of what, because I know that you mentioned in Instagram stories, and I would love for you to dive deeper into that. I want to hear how you're going to start collaborating in different ways as a way to build the community and grow your influence? You know, I, uh, collaboration for me has always been like so important. Um, starting back from like, you know, making films, I, I, I've always appreciated that a group is stronger than the individual a lot of the time. Um, and putting a lot of creative heads together, um, just can only be wonderful. And I was first, uh, starting in this space and launching my blog and, you know, growing my Instagram, I right away was like, I want to start collaborating. I love collaborating. And I feel like, it can help me grow, but then can also help the other person I'm going to collaborate with grow. So, um, there is a a friend I met actually through preschool and I had heard about her blog. It's called the gift pick. And we were introduced through a mutual friend and we sat down one day and we both were expressing that we wanted to get out and meet more moms in this space. So we decided we wanted to, um, host events that were really small, maybe 20 to 30 women and kind of talk about the digital space. And that's sort of how I started working with Asia from the gift pick. And it all came out of wanting to create content together and, you know, in a really authentic way, kind of introduce new people and also learn from each other and all benefit and grow from these events. So that was one example. Um, I I guess Facebook Live would be another example. I want to continue to feature um, other bloggers on my Facebook Live. I have one coming up with um, this woman, Gina, who has a handle at Spool. She's in fashion, and we're going to talk about sort of like fall fashion for moms. And she has a little store at her house, which is beautiful. And we can look look at looks that she's going to put together I have one coming up with someone that makes their own clean beauty products. Like she makes them and we're going to do recipes like that. You can literally make your own Epsom salts and (laughs) you can make your own deodorant. I know it sounds daunting, but she's done it and I've tried it out, which is why I'm so excited to share her (laughs) and her recipes. But I only think that collaborations are like, I I really like you believe it's the future. And and that's a great idea. Those sort of loops that are, include only people that are sort of like-minded because I totally agree. I've experimented with loops and I even asked myself, why are all these people going to continue to be a part of my community after the giveaway is done? They're so not interested probably in what I'm (laughs) writing about. Right. Um, whereas when you get together with people that are, you know, putting out similar content to you, of course their community would most likely be interested in the content that you're putting out. Right. 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 I mean, that's, you Um, would think, you know, we're going to test it and see, but you, you would think. And for photo shoots as well. Um, I do professional photo shoots, um, every few weeks for content. I like to have a mix of, um, photos I take on my phone, uh, mixed with some professional photos. And, um, 
sometimes bring in other influencers into your photo shoots. You guys can all like have fun, whether it's uh, around a brand or a certain topic, and then you can all share those photos. And again, that's content that's shared and you're tagging each other and it's getting out to all your communities. So I think, um, collaborating on stuff like photos as well is really fun in addition to video and, um, loops and giveaways. I love that. And I think that that's such a great reminder. Um, and I think I'm going to continue to talk about the importance of intentional collaborating as we go into 2018. Um, because I think that's going to be a growth hack for beating the algorithm. I think so. In an and authentic it's, way. It's so authentic. And it's it's so yeah. supportive too, right? It's Absolutely. like, hey, we're all in this together. Let's all grow together. We're all at different points of our careers. Let's all like do this Let's together. Do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk about your scripted, your scripted projects um, a little bit more, just because <laughs> I want people to know how just funny and creative you are. I want to know how we can currently either view or check out some of the projects that may already be out in the world and kind of what we should expect to see coming up. Awesome. Well, this one that I just sold, um, I can't officially talk about it until we finish shooting, but what I can allude to is it's in the mom space, full out comedy, like, (laughs) um, I partner that I'm working with on it. She's a mom and she's someone I met honestly, way before we were moms, we were touring the globe hosting, at film festivals and I met her and we were like, Oh my God, you went to film school. Oh my gosh. You've been at UCB. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you do this. And we just bonded. And so I'm really excited to be working with her on this. She comes, um, she was a host, but then she worked as a copywriter in house. So she wrote commercials. So it's really merging together, like the commercial branded content world with just straight up scripted short content. It's going to be for Facebook. Um, that's not the brand, but it's going to be on Facebook. Like, Lovely. Facebook didn't buy it, which, hello, Facebook, if you're listening, please buy my content. <laughs> but this is going to be made exclusively for um, the Facebook platform. So it's going to be like two, three minutes. Um, I'm just really excited. It's really based on real experiences that me and my friend have had as moms. And we're hoping that other moms watch it. And the message of it is really like, hey, guys, we're all in this together. None of us are perfect. None of us are winning at mommying and <laughs> let's laugh at it a little because right. the moments that seem like you want to cry in hindsight are kind of funny sometimes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so that's like that. And I'm really excited for when I can share it. And once I'm allowed to, I'm going to be like, it's going to be on my Instagram. I'll be doing Insta stories, promoting it. And it'll be on Facebook and I'll be sharing, sharing. Um, in terms of other content I've created, I put not all of it, but the stuff that is right for the Sam so much blog, I put on my video section. And when I was launching my blog, um, video was so important to me. I was like, I have to have a video section. It was like the first section I actually put up because <laughs> I, I have so much video content out there, um, in, in the universe that I've made over the years. Right. Um, and so the stuff that I thought was a good fit, um, I put on the blog and some of it includes, um, a good friend of mine, Kareen Nassim, is a writer, and we met also as moms, and she wrote a series called Preschool Moms, and we've shot six episodes of that, and those a few of those live on my blog as well, and they link back to her YouTube where those were, um, and that show is really about 
two moms who are going through, you know, all their firsts with their kids. It's a comedy. It looks like we're vlogging, like we're unscripted and we're at, we shot it ourselves on our phones. We even have one in a car that we like mounted the phone and shot it. And it's eight pages of script and it's one, it's unedited. So it's like, we had to get it right. And I just remember like, if I messed up one line, she was directing them. She's like, Sam, you can't mess up a line because we're not cutting. I was like, okay, the pressure. <laughs> um, so those live on my blog. Um, the almost perfect life hack. Some of those episodes are on my blog. Um, I also have content from before I was a mom that are on like, it's on funny or die or YouTube. So an easy way to find that is if you just put Samantha Goodset into like a search, a lot of videos will come up, including some of the scripted stuff I've done. Um, one of my favorites that I would love to bring back eventually is I created a character called Brooklyn Silvergold. It was actually for an MTV show that never went. And I was like, I still own her. I'm going to keep this going. And I created a funnier die sketch. And um, through that, a commercial director was inspired to create a commercial for this fictional character's tennis clothing line. <laughs> so it, it's a fun <laughs> character that I created. She was like a, she was a celebutante who decided to go on the tennis tour because she had a crush on Andy Roddick. Like that's the premise of this show I created back then. Um, and then, um, some of my other scripted content, uh, you know, I have a few other things besides the show I just sold. I've one in particular, I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping finds a home in the next, you know, I'm putting it out there in the universe. I hope someone buys it in the next few months, um, in the next month. Uh, cause it's, I'm really excited for it as well. So just, I'm enjoying creating and trying to find homes for all my different projects that they can get out there in the world and for people to see them. I am too, because I think they're going to yeah. be awesome. <laughs> um, well, I have had the best time talking to you. I mean, we are, we're friends, so we could sit here and talk for hours oh, yeah. about this. Um, <laughs> we just need another Soho house meeting that turns into yes. a, a nice little, Friday fun day. Um, oh my God, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today and showing up and being just amazing and just being somebody who gets it and who just understands like, I'm not going to become this massive thing overnight. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. that, you know, people are, they, they just, they want it so quickly. They don't have the patience or the time. And I love it when, um, when I hear stories from people like you who just talk about, you know, the importance of the testing it out and what's working and what's not working. And then really just the, the, the story that is like influence and like growth and figuring all of this out. So as we wrap this up, I would love to know what does influence mean to you? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, and I love hearing different people's answers, um, on your, uh, past episodes. So to me, and, and I go back to even my, um, you know, working in commercials because they always use the word aspirational and that word always sort of stood out to me. But I think it means a being aspirational, but also I think of like that friend in high school who I always looked to inspiration for like fashion style, beauty and pop culture. It's like, I think of someone that's a trusted source for all the things that I'm interested in and a place that I can go regularly and check and be inspired and feel like I'm listening in an authentic way or consuming content in an authentic way from someone that's speaking authentically to me. Mm. Um, so to me, that's what influence means. And 
for myself as someone that's building up their brand as an influencer, that's what I'm going to put out there an authentic voice. Like it's me that I'm putting out there and I want everyone in my community to get to know me and my voice. Um, and to enjoy coming by my Instagram page or my Twitter or my blog and just laugh, have fun, be inspired, get a tip, get a takeaway, find an outfit they like, discover a new, you know, skincare product that they haven't heard of before. All of that. I love it. Well, thank you so thank much you. for showing up and for sharing. <laughs> for of course. <laughs> and um, where can everyone find you online? So my blog is Sam so much and on Instagram and across all social, I am at Goodstat, G-U-T-S-T-A-D-T. And you can find me on Facebook, Samantha Goodstat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Samantha. Thank you. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence? For show notes, downloads and action based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.